Welcome to Prepare to Care, the ARP podcast with resources and tools to support the millions of family caregivers who provide unpaid care to their loved ones. I'm Marie Pierre, your host for this podcast. So Arve may have physically walked through a couple of weeks ago, but the effects will be with us for weeks, if not months. Um, many folks are sorting through typical long-term recovery issues right now cleaning out homes, finding a new school for kids, or dealing with the emotional trauma. However, some of you might have found yourself in the position of becoming a caregiver literally overnight for a family member. Maybe mom and dad recently retired, they had been living independently, but their homes floated and suddenly they need to somewhere to stay while their home is being rebuilt. Or maybe you and your spouse with Alzheimer's stayed at a shelter and you want to know how to better prepare for the next disaster. Whatever the situation, you are not alone. So here today we have Isabel Longoria with the AARP Houston office and she's here to talk about tips for emergency caregivers. So if you've never thought you'd never be a caregiver or need AARP caregiving resources, I'm encouraging you to think again coming up on Prepare to Care. So here today is Isabel Longoria. Isabel, this is your second time on this podcast. Welcome back. It is. Thank you so much. Yeah, I've always been in the background, but uh, emergency situation calls for some of us to step up. So I'm glad to talk about how ARP can help folks step up and be a caregiver um, in this kind of extreme situation. So uh, the flood has changed a lot of things. And I want to, to talk particularly about folks whose family dynamic really changed suddenly overnight because um, you know things are appended suddenly you have people living at your house that maybe weren't living there before and and maybe some caregiving situations have changed that's happening pretty much all over the city right now across the board um, if you think of anyone who was in a home that flooded um, if you know thankfully they were rescued most folks in Houston were able to get out of their homes either right away or a couple days later they need somewhere to stay and most for most people that first step is a family or friend um, and we all love taking care of our family and friends and stepping up here in Houston it's what makes us great um, but that means all of a sudden you know now that the adrenaline is worn off now that the immediate emergency is worn off you may find that someone else is living in your home probably for a couple of months as their home gets rebuilt um, and in fact, that happened to one of our colleagues here, Tina Tran. Um, her grandmother and, and grandfather, they didn't want to leave their home. They've lived there forever. You know, they never thought this would happen to them. And now they're living with her uncle. And for as much as Tina has done preparing for caregiving, it's still a shock all of a sudden to reorganize the whole family um, to accept the, lo- the ones we love in our home. Yeah, because in this kind of situation, I think you, you bring something that's very valid. It's not like it can be planned. It just happened overnight. And now everybody's de- dealing with a new situation. And, and it's been a couple of weeks. So things are starting to settle. And now I think uh, what's on many people's mind is how long is this going to last? So do you have some, some tips for our listeners on how to deal with this type of situation? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we all deal with emergency. We're all good about doing what we have to do in the moment. But now that things have settled down, it's okay to take time to plan. I think people maybe feel like, oh, well, I've, I've taken in my friend's family into my home or I've taken in my parents and I don't want to stress them out and talk about, you know, how long are you going to be here? 
but they probably have the same question, right? They probably want to get back to their own living situation as quickly as possible. So instead of tiptoeing around that conversation, why don't you have a dinner one night, you know, either at the house or out and say, let's talk about what this looks like if it's a three month living situation, if it's a six month living situation, or is this going to be a permanent situation? Uh, For example, maybe your parents really just need a, a place for their to stay for a couple of months while the floor gets put in the sheetrock and then they'll move on okay well is there any way that your parents can also help take care of your kids while they're there um, is there anything that they need from you maybe they need space their own room uh, maybe they need help making sure that contractors aren't trying to defraud them um, what do they need out of the situation and what do you need? It's kind of like having a roommate. You got to talk about who's going to use the fridge, <laughs> what the quiet hours are for the house. Um, but for some folks too, this might be kind of the catalyst for kicking off a more permanent caregiving situation. Um, if your dad moved in with you all of a sudden and his home just isn't a place where he should be and quite frankly shouldn't have been for a long time, maybe this is an easy way to talk about him transitioning and living in the home with you. Right. So take advantage of that opportunity that folks are there and plan for both a short term caregiving situation and a long term one. So so this is the time maybe to start having these conversations slowly. Right. And, and a little bit at a time um, so everybody can get to adjusting. I think you're bringing a very good point that suddenly people are in like co cohabiting situation, co-sharing situation. And all of these things have to be negotiated. Um, are there certain things that caregivers uh, should be really be look out for, you know, after the storm? Are there like uh, some some special situations, some things that they have to be particularly aware? Yeah, absolutely. You know, past being in the home together, right? Um, there's a lot of emotional trauma. Um, emotional trauma creates a lot of stress for people. So even if you're living together, um, your dad may be feeling very stressed out about a number of things and may not be his best at that moment. So being kind of thoughtful and realizing that there's some things under the surface. But also outside of the home, um, scams are abundant. There are people now who are contractors who will try and get a quick buck, right? Ask you to pay money ahead of time for work and then maybe don't show up because they get a better offer somewhere else. So being very mindful of contractors that you're calling, um, perhaps folks calling you out of the blue, calling your parents on their cell phone, uh, calling your uncle on the cell phone and taking advantage of their perhaps Alzheimer's dementia to get them to commit to something when you're not around. Um, There's also a lot of charity scams. Uh, I know we're very charitable in Houston, but we have to be careful. When someone is asking us for money uh, through a GoFundMe or another situation, what can we do to do a little more research to make sure it's legitimate? Um, There are a lot of people who are in need, and I'm not trying to discourage anyone from going out and helping their church, their community, their friend, but if it's from an organization that you don't know or something has been forwarded to you uh, from a friend of a friend of a friend, Can you do a little digging to make sure it is really going to um, a Harvey relief effort instead of someone just capitalizing on getting money from people who are feeling charitable? So I think you're bringing a good point that family members or even friends outside the family, we often think that we can lend a hand by by giving money, Uh, but sometimes we can lend a hand by checking information. And that might be something that people can ask friends to do too, because it's hard to become a, a caregiver Overnight, you suddenly share your house. Um, I think you bring a, a very good point that there are many things that need to be addressed 
um, after a natural disaster. And that uh, I've heard of, of one organization um, that, that's organizing teams of volunteers to help people not just with cleanup, but with anything that they need. Absolutely. including looking for information. So. 100%. And it's funny, we've talked about, you know, this podcast is all about information. Um, and one thing we know is 211 is your best friend. 211 is that United Way helpline uh, for everything and anything. And so if you've thought, okay, I need someone to clean my house, I have no idea where to start, or maybe I'm too embarrassed to ask my friends, call 211, because you're exactly right, Marie. There are churches, um, there's different city organizations and county organizations who literally have volunteers desperate, desperate, desperate to clean out homes who have those supplies who are ready to go and they just need to know where your house is. So if you don't raise your voice and ask for help and just kind of give a clue to people, um, then no one can help you. Um, And that's what all of these organizations are ready to do without judgment, right? Um, They're just ready, like you, right? You are a person who wants to volunteer and help. Um, that's who all these people are too. So remember that listeners are trusted two one one number in Houston. We we've had a podcast about this before. Those folks are just absolutely awesome. Um, they do such a great job. Um, let's go back a little bit. I mean, these situations can be overwhelming. One thing that we've heard in the past is don't forget to have a little fun, right? Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that. Your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, it's a high-stress situation to be a caregiver, period. It's an even higher-stress situation to be a caregiver in an emergency where you don't know when the end is. Um, you People's lives have been ended. People's resources are strained. You could look at it that way, right? It's a constant problem, and I'm just going to constantly be stressed until this is over and we don't know. Sure. You could also see it as an opportunity um, to really bond with your loved one. How often do you get to live in the same house for a long period of time, right? How long, uh, or how often do you get to have grandma there with the grandkids to share some of those family stories, um, to just go out and have fun? And quite frankly, if grandma and grandpa now are living at the house and you also have kids, hey, guess what? They can be caregivers for the kids too. Um, it's it, You have to see it as an adventure and you have to choose to be positive and see that as an opportunity to connect, not just another problem to solve. I think you're bringing, you know, something that that's very true. I remember, uh, you know, back in 2008 or nine, we had Ike as a hurricane. And interestingly enough, my husband and I ended up at my mother-in-law's house for eight days because she had power and we did not. So it was kind of like this reverse thing. But these were probably the most wonderful eight days for her because she had been living alone and suddenly we were there. And, uh, and we made the best of this situation. She still talked about it for, for years afterwards. Um, so that, that's a very interesting point that you bring. And I also want to add that it, it's a good time to have conversations about other things. Uh, you brought up a good point. You know, I was talking about caregiving in a very much you are taking care of your parents. But you're right. Like in your situation, all of a sudden your parents have welcomed you into their home. Um, maybe no one is necessarily in an emergency or, you know, things are going to be okay. Um, because you're talking about legal things, um, because you're talking already about reorganizing your, reorganizing your life, uh, when you think about emergency preparedness, is this a time now then to talk about medical powers of attorney? Uh, when you're creating your emergency plan, right, um, who's going to be in charge of all the legal things? Or God forbid someone had passed away in your family, um, is your will in place to deal with that? Because it's all fun and games, but then emergencies help us realize that your your life can change in an instant. And are you prepared to do that past a disaster? 
I think you're bringing a very good point here. Uh, you know, one thing that I see about this hurricane is that it's really brought people together in this city, uh, both the city at large and in smaller communities and inside families. And then I was talking with someone today who had lost quite a bit in the hurricane. And she said, oh, okay, when the water was rising, the question was, what's the most important thing here? And, and the number of people were, you know, were confronted with this situation, they're like, oh, you know, I wasn't quite prepared, you know? And so, you know, talk to us about that too. You know, what happens in emergency situations? Like suddenly people started to talk about their go bag, which none of us had talked about before. So um, do you have, you know, some advice about that? Yeah. I would say if, if you had been uh, planning to be a caregiver or had been a caregiver for a while, your go bag was probably really easy. Because as we've talked about before, uh, or as you've talked about with some guests before, when you're a caregiver, it's great to have copies of different medical and legal documents all in one area so that you can share it with your siblings or your spouse in case of emergency. And here's what happens. In an emergency disaster, you take your normal caregiving planning documents, you put them in a Ziploc bag so they're waterproof, and you put them in your backpack and you go. Um, but I also want to say that it's very easy for able-bodied people to talk about go bags because you see, okay, well, you just stuff a backpack with your important documents, um, photos or things you wouldn't want to miss, some water, some food, maybe you figure out a flotation device, and then you put your medications in there, you put your medications for your dogs, that starts adding up. But consider if you are someone who um, is, is not physically able to carry a heavy backpack, right? Or it's really easy to talk about a backpack and, oh, I'll just go marching out into the floodwaters, climb on my roof, and get rescued, no problem. What if you can't climb on a roof? Um, so when we're talking about emergency go bags, you have to be very thoughtful that maybe, um, you know, like my colleague and her family, she had not had to be a caregiver for her grandparents. They're very able-bodied and independent until there was a disaster. And all of a sudden, they couldn't get out in the flood. So maybe you're not a caregiver right now, but in an emergency situation, would you have to be a caregiver? And how can you have some of those conversations ahead of time and plan for that? And I think what, what this showed us too is that, you know, we think that those things are never gonna happen to us. And then this city was hit by a really huge event and suddenly we are having these conversations about, Ah, oh, if the water is rising in my house where it never risen before, what should I be doing? So this is a good time post-storm, it seems, to have those conversations and to say, okay, now that we're not in this emergency situation, you know, maybe we can think of a better plan if things didn't go quite as planned. Yeah. And there's just a lot of overlap. Planning for a long-term future and a short-term disaster all have the same elements, right? get copies of important documents. Make sure that your legal and medical pieces are in place well ahead of time. Figure out your communication plan in case of an emergency or disaster. And then figure out what job everyone does best. Like you said, some people are gonna have the boat and be able to go rescue you know, grandma and grandpa. Uh, and some people are gonna be able to do the research long-term or afterwards. And some people are gonna be able to house those family, friends, or loved ones. Um, and that's okay, everyone can have a, a different job. Not everyone has to be the hero wading into the floodwaters. There's the heroes who are gonna have to be there year after year after the flood to help with things as well. So tell us a little bit more. I, I think one thing that you said at the beginning is suddenly people are in this uh, situation where we have maybe multiple generations living together. We've never lived together before. Um, 
and and part of the stress of it all is to maintain um you know a sense of privacy about things but also also do things that bring people together any any ideas any tips about that yeah hey if if you were to go to your house and clean out all of the old family photos right uh, you know what's an excellent thing for kids to do is get there and wipe off each of the photos with grandma and grandpa and talk about some of the family stories that come with each of those um, or even if you have to throw things away I think often we try and keep kids away. You know, we say, oh, mold is toxic or we don't want them to be in a dangerous situation. You should absolutely think about those kind of immediate physical needs first. But um, as, as people are throwing things out of their home, is this a time also where we can share stories? So say, you know, we had to throw away a couch um, that was part of the family, you know, family heirloom for years and years. Instead of seeing that as a sense of loss and, and kind of telling people to get over it, you know, we got to do this, is there a way to share that story and keep that story alive of what that heirloom was um, instead of just seeing everything as a big loss, right? Is this a time that we can share those stories and pass on some things instead of just seeing it as a total loss? And so honestly, prepare for the future too. You know, people are talking about, oh, you know, I've destroyed my home or my home is destroyed, what am I going to do? Uh, we also have something called Home Fit, where we ask people to think about how can you uh, fix things around your home so they're better for an aging family member. You know, if you've got to rebuild your home from scratch, this is a great time to talk about putting in a ramp, uh, putting in different grab bars around the house so that people can get around in slippery situations, literally. Uh, putting in some of those emergency kind of uh, items so that people can hit the emergency button if they need help. So in this, there are certain things that you can do temporarily in your own home, like raise the toilet seats, you know, maybe have, you know, some of these things like that. So remind us again, like how, how can people get information about that? No problem. So that's called our Home Fit pro Program. That's how uh, you can literally fit your retrofit your home to be great for an aging family member. And you can go on aarp.org, I think slash Home Fit and uh, or aarp.org slash Houston. And you can find all of our information on how to kind of build your home, and really some of the other things we've talked about today. What do you do about prescription medications? How do you forge your mail to a new home? All of those practical tips um, okay. to help the emergency caregiver. All right, so folks, go on the AARP website and look for the Home Fit um, kit. So, Isabel, this is all about the time that we have. Before we go, you know, um, uh, what's your last piece of advice for our caregivers today? Take this time to plan for the future. Uh, you can see disaster as a, a complete loss, or you can see it as an opportunity to start fresh or build some new traditions and literally build a new home that might be better for you. So uh, it is a loss, and we have to recognize that. But with every loss comes a lot of opportunity, and ARP is happy uh, to help people see the opportunity and what's going on. All right, thank you so much. So today we've spoken with Isabel Longoria. Uh, Isabel is the Outreach and Advocacy Associate Director of AARP Houston. And she was here today to give us tips about emergency caregivers. If you want to learn more about AARP's caregiving resources and local post-Harvey resources, visit aarp.org forward slash Houston. If you thought this podcast was helpful, or if you have friends or family who are new to caregiving, invite them to follow the Prepare to Care podcast at iTunes, SoundCloud, or at www.aarp.org slash HoustonPTC. And please visit our website to take the Prepare to Care podcast survey and help us improve for future episodes. 
Thanks for listening and as always, thanks for caring.